Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Two young women from Florida were gearing up for a relaxing day on their private yacht. 17-year-old Angela Westbury and 20-year-old Teresa Hickman boarded the yacht dubbed the Sea Fever on the 1st of December. The boat would turn up on the 13th. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Empty and abandoned. So what could have happened to these two girls? This case was brought to my attention by a Redditor named Blair Bench 444 who posted about this story just a few months ago. So if you'd like to read the original article, I'll be sure to post a link in the description for you. Angela Westbury, 17 years old, and Teresa Hickman, 20 years old, were last seen on December 1st, 1984 in Jacksonville, Florida. They were spotted leaving Jacksonville with two unidentified males aboard the Sea Fever a 46-foot 1960 Richardson yacht with a white hull and twin cabins with a cockpit in between them. They were supposedly going on vacation to the Bahamas, but this has never really been confirmed. The Sea Fever boat was noticed by the U.S. Customs in the Grand Cayman Islands on December 14, 1984, 13 days after the girls were last seen. There have been conflicting reports posted online about this sighting, but I've been led to believe that at the time the boat was found, neither of the girls were inside. However, we don't really know anything about the two unidentified males, or whether or not they were still in the boat. Foul play is obviously expected, and most researchers agree that this is not a simple case of two young women being lost at sea. Angela's disappearance was officially classified as a non-family abduction. Angela was 17 years old in 1984 when this case took place. She was a white female and was very small for her age at 4 foot 10 and 95 pounds with reddish blonde hair and blue eyes. Teresa's disappearance is classified as endangered and missing, according to the Charlie Project. Teresa was 20 years old in 1984, though some reports do claim she may have been as young as 18. 
She was a white female with brown hair and hazel eyes, standing at 5'4 and 120 pounds. The Jacksonville Sheriff's Office is in charge of the case, but it's been sitting cold for a number of years. But this is where the case starts to get a bit strange, and the details don't really match up. According to the official records, Angela's disappearance is listed as December 1st, 1984. That pretty much confirms that she was not on the boat on the 14th of December when the boat was spotted near the coast of the Grand Cayman Islands. However, Teresa's disappearance is listed as January 16th of the following year. To make this even more interesting, in the early days of the case, Teresa had actually been listed as a possible accomplice in the disappearance of Angela. Police have never really explained why they believed this, and Teresa's case was quickly updated to reflect that she had become a victim in the disappearance case as well. If you check out a post on the Name Us page, there were reports that Teresa last made contact with friends or family on the 16th of January even though she was last physically seen on December 1st. According to investigators, there has been zero contact with Angela since the boat left Jacksonville that day. So what could the girls have possibly been up to? And who were these two unknown men that were with them that day? To really dig deeper into what may be going on here, we have to look at a report given by Angela's sister, Anita. According to her sister, Angela was roommates with Teresa, the two had apparently been working together for quite some time at a nearby Pofolk's restaurant and planned on taking the yacht trip with a few guys who also worked there. Anita had been in New York at the time of her sister's departure, and she believes that her sister may have become the victim of a violent storm that rolled in while they were out on the yacht. When you look at weather records from that time period, there isn't any mention of a major storm aside from Hurricane Lily that would roll in on the 12th of December. Though it was only a Category 1 hurricane, meaning it wasn't really severe at all. Though I could definitely see how the storm may have been much more violent if you were stuck on a yacht in the middle of the ocean. This all brings us back to a few key points. Why was Teresa initially listed as being a suspect in the case? And why were the girls believed to have been abducted in the first place? From the evidence that's been released to the public, I personally find no reason to believe that the two may have actually been abducted. Yes, it is a bit odd that they would venture out on a yacht with two random men and no one can seem to identify these men. But if these men were supposedly co-workers, it seems like they'd have very little to worry about. The girls, that is. But that takes us to the next major point. The men were allegedly co-workers. If all of the information about this case is to be believed, and these two men were genuinely co-workers, how did no one recognize them? If they'd been working together every day for quite some time, surely someone would have known who these men were. Also, it seems like they would have been pretty easy to track down if they just stopped showing up for work one day, because after all, wouldn't the restaurant have reported this to the police? There's also another major gap in this story that has never really been explained. Who owned the yacht? If we're led to believe that this was merely a group of teens who were out on a yacht for a quick adventure for a few days, the boat had to have belonged to someone who was at the very least, moderately wealthy. There's no way that this group of teens working minimum wage jobs at a soul food restaurant would have been able to afford a yacht like this. However, the owner of the boat is never mentioned in any of the write-ups. This makes me believe that a large portion of the information surrounding this case is either a blatant lie or someone was simply led to believe something that wasn't entirely true. Or maybe they just tried to piece things together without really thinking it through very well. 
personally, and this isn't an attack on her, just to get that out of the way, it's just an observation, I feel like Angela's sister, Anita, may have been providing police with some incorrect information. I have no reason to believe that she did this on purpose, but it seems like the majority of the case adds up and makes perfect sense until you throw in the details that she provided. We don't know how close these sisters were to know if they kept in touch with each other regularly or if Anita was just relaying what she believed to be true. It would be great if police could just release more of the information that they have to the public, but with the limited information we have at the moment, this is really as far as we can go with this case. These girls, and apparently the two men that they were with, have not been seen or heard from again since 1984. For this reason, their case remains cold, and police are no closer to solving it now than they were all those years ago. But that's the video for today, you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, be sure to hit that like button. If you loved it, maybe consider sharing, subscribing, or clicking that blue join button below to really show your support for the channel. But I've been Ty Knotts, you guys have been lovely, and I'll catch you in the next video. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.